This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. I want to um, kind of spin off from last week and, and continue some of that. I just don't feel um, that God is finished with that aspect. Remember that we are in um, spirit-filled living. And last week we looked at um, <clears throat> obedience versus yielding. For those of you that were here, you remember that. Um, as I was looking at last week's notes, I want to pick up a couple of scriptures at the end because I didn't, I didn't go into them fully, and I'd kind of like to just reiterate them. If you'll remember, there were questions that I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted us to ask, and I may read them at the end. I don't feel to right now. I feel like um, our worship crew is, is really good at <laughs> just... The atmosphere, the word is already being preached through worship. What God is saying to us has already been taught and preached and, and ministered. And, and I think that's one of my encouragements to you all each week is to come prepared for a full expression and a full um, encounter with God in the word. This is the school of word and worship, but the worship has as much word in it as the teaching time. And so when we begin to hear that and hear God's voice, prepare our hearts for growth, for change, because that's some of what I spoke about last week was, are, are we really open to growth? Because that's the question that the week before God had spoken to my heart in worship is, is are you really going to let growth come? Will you let growth come? And growth comes in many ways. And, and um, I think even in our school, there's growth numerically that will come. There's also personal growth. And when personal growth comes to each one of us, to each one of you, it changes this place every week. As you're growing, the atmosphere in this room, in this gathering, changes and increases and expands. And often we don't know exactly how that's happening because like Grace shared in offering, we have our natural life right here, man, staring us in the face, right? Anybody that doesn't have a natural life staring them in the face? I mean, if you're a human and you're on this planet, there are things going on. It can be a beautiful life and is a beautiful life and this world is a beautiful place. But the things going on in this world are not sometimes. Right. And, and it may not be horrendous things going on in your life, but just the natural things that happen in life that seem to challenge what we believe. So I felt like tonight um, we'll continue on the obey versus yielding because you can obey the truth and never really be moved by the spirit. You can find out what does this word say and you can tick the boxes and obey and really not yield your whole life. You see, we can tick a box to, to gather. Hebrews 10.25 says, Forsake not the gathering of yourselves together, as is the manner of some. That's what the New King James says. However, it's not saying what I thought it was saying when I was in a, a traditional denomination. I thought it meant come to church on Sundays and whenever else the, the body gathers. But it's actually speaking of allowing our lives to be intricately put together. Because then the multi-membered body begins to be an entity in the earth against which the enemy has no recourse. That's what's happening now. If we can really understand that's what, what's happening in us as believers in this house and other houses where the true word is taught. And I mean, the church of Jesus Christ is powerful. You are powerful. You're loaded for bear. 
Do we always feel like we're loaded for bear? No. Sometimes we don't feel like we have a gun. You got a gun that can annihilate stuff. This mouth, your heart is like the birth canal for the power of the spirit of the word inside of you. It doesn't just roll around up here and then happen. So I feel like tonight we're looking at obedience versus yielding, but also spirit-filled thinking. Because spirit-filled living won't happen out here if it doesn't happen inside, right? So I want to go back to um, right before I had given you the scripture, Philippians 2.5. I had said many think they don't have visions, but you have visions All the time on the inside. You're envisioning inside all the time. Sometimes we envision good things. We've got good word that comes to us and encouragement that comes to us. And we envision good things in our life. And then sometimes there are things that are actually happening in the world or happening in our homes, our lives, our business, part of whatever part of our life that doesn't speak good things. And so we get pictures. There may be things going on in your company that paint a picture for you that you might be laid off. And so we begin to think about what ifs. You know, there's a lot of what ifs in the world. Anybody got some what ifs going on? Jesus died for the what ifs too. Because he said, I got an answer to your what ifs. Quit looking at the what ifs. There are many things that may happen. But there are also many things that we can cause to transpire by trusting God. Things that we can cause not to transpire by believing him, taking him at his word, and then walking with him. You see, we have all authority. Jesus said that. He said, all authority has been given to me. Now you go. Implicit in that statement, now you go, was, okay, I'm the firstborn among many brethren. There is a way that mankind can operate. So Philippians 2.5 says, let his mindset, and this is the Passion trans- Translation, let his mindset become your motivation. Let his mindset I I thought um, yesterday when I was pondering some of these truths, in our mind, you know how some people will say, let it be at your mind's eye, at the core of your mind. Your mind has an eye, has a, a picture, a place of envisioning and picturing, and that's your mind's eye. Keep good in your line of sight. Anybody ever had those trains of thoughts? No, that's a rhetorical question because we all know the answer to it. Got anything in your line of sight that challenges what God tells you is for you? We all have it. But that's where the Apostle Paul said, take these thoughts captive in obedience to Christ. Not just in obedience to the Bible. In obedience to what has God said to you? He gives us brilliant insights, but they come so casually sometimes that we don't think it's him. We have a thought to think this way about that situation. Anybody ever have that? You just think, you know, it'd be better if I looked at it this way. And we don't think we need to use that word. We don't think that word's powerful enough to captivate a situation. But it is because it's according to truth. You see, you don't have thoughts of truth except by the power of the spirit of truth. Just like you don't have thoughts that are lies. Come on, guys. There was no original thought on the planet. We were built to be filled and we were, are going to be filled by either God or some other force. Now, it may not be demonic stuff right on the scene in your life, but our, some of our upbringings were built wrongly. Our parents didn't intend it, but perhaps like I've told you before, growing up in traditional church, I was taught that healing passed away. 
So I, and I was taught that God would teach you lessons with sickness and disease. And until I heard Pastor Barry say, where would he get it? I mean, he's the spirit of life. Where is he going to get Devil, come here. I need you to give me something to put on my kids. You know, we have to start letting a mindset be in us that is actually of God's domain, of God's kingdom. Are you all with me? Some of you may be familiar, more familiar with Philippians 2.5. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. That's the King James. Okay. So what I've thought about since last week, consider or give mental time and space to spirit-filled living. It also means spirit-filled thinking. If you want to live spirit-filled, if I want to live a spirit-filled existence, I'm going to have to live a spirit-filled thinking before it'll come out here. Remember Matthew 12, Jesus, Jesus talked real. He, he talked crazy plain to, to the Pharisees and to the people of his day. And he said, you whitewashed sepulchers, tombs filled with dead men's bones. Don't you know that a good fountain can only bring forth good water and a, a tainted fountain can only bring forth wrong water, dirty water? He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks out of the abundance of the interior. You see, your heart speaks of not just your spirit, but it speaks of the central force of your entire life. The, the machine room, if you will, that the core of life, the core of your beliefs, the structure of how you exist out of that abundance. And if the abundance there is negativity and lies and fear and expectation for detrimental things to happen, then we begin to live life tainted that way. It's like our water got dirty and we begin to be fearful and timid and paranoid and we dread the future and we regret the past. Anybody ever lived in that kind of existence? That's a torment. That's utter torment. Our mindset or the direction or angle of our thoughts and thinking will motivate activity in our daily lives. That's why that's so powerful from Philippians. Let his mindset, let his thought processes become your motivation. He's not trying to do mind control. It's not mind control where God is controlling our thinking. God introduces, God invites us into new pictures, new vision. You see, God wants to give every one of us a different vision for our life. If there are things in your life right now that really don't match up with his heartbeat, his love for you. You see, love is the preeminent. I mean, God doesn't just have love. God is love. So a life filled with love, built out of love, surrounded by love, just caressed and held steady by love is God's preeminent thought toward you. He's not just thinking, I just want Kathy to behave herself. And see, my, my previous thinking, I was raised in this thought, and I'll do whatever I need to do to make her behave. Punishment is not God's will. But we do need to understand there are consequences to things that transpire in life. That's why God says, I don't want you to look on certain things, participate in certain things, because then it becomes your mindset. It becomes your thought process. It becomes out of the abundance of your heart. You begin to live. Y'all with me? 
So I, I kind of just wanted to go back to some of what we did. We also looked at Philippians 2.13. For it is God working in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Philippians 2.13, that's New King James. The Passion Translation says, God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. See, this is the power of this word. And I'm, I'm going to share my heart on this because I think sometimes we do get caught up in, if I will live obedient, if I will tick the boxes of the good things of scripture, the covenant truth, then things will work out for me. But what God's wanting to do is not just affect our behavior out here. He wants us to realize that he lives and moves and breathes and has his being inside of us by the power of his word. This is his seed. The Bible says that we are born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. So everything, even our thoughts, changes because of incorruptible seed. Or we have visions or envisionings in our interior by corruptible seed. See, lack that's in the world. Think about it, guys. This is a planet that he created. He built perpetual in its nature. Plant life, trees, even we ourselves reproduce after our kind we're not going to run out of humans we're not going to run out of animals in his plan food and water and all the things on the planet he never planned for it to run out and it doesn't have to run out but we've adopted a mindset and please don't hear what i'm not saying but you know like repurposing or what's it called recycling and all of that it's not that that's bad but it should have never been needed and i'm going to throw something out there because you need all of us need to ponder with god why is the material realm built the way it is why is there not just one planet i'm not teaching you any doctrine tonight i'm just saying he set in motion a material world With many planets, with different galaxies, with all kinds of things we know not of. We're just on one planet. But since death was not his idea, then there's a reason for some of this other stuff. There are a lot of people in the church of Jesus Christ that are very anxious for him to roll up the streets and take us home. If that was supposed, that will be our ultimate home. Don't freak out, guys. I'm not teaching heresy. But his intention wasn't to go that direction. It was to go this direction. It was to multiply, to increase. He said, replenish the earth. Tend it and keep it. That was the commission he gave to Adam was tend and keep. Subdue and have dominion. He didn't say take dominion. He said have dominion. Stand in who you are. You are my shepherd on the planet. You are my prophetic one on the planet. Speak from what I say inside of you. And things will keep going in the positive direction. Things will increase. Joy will increase. Love will increase. Where did we get that he wanted to roll it up and take it back? Whoops, I did the wrong thing. No, no, we did the wrong thing. Are y'all with me? So the beauty and the love of God was that he prior to seeing things unfold negatively, already had a plan in place. Because the Bible tells me that Jesus Christ was crucified from before 
the foundations of the world. So before we made a mistake, he had the plan in place that he would redeem us. He would purchase us back. He would spend all of time teaching us, giving us his Holy Spirit. A teacher lives inside of you. A teacher, a guide lives inside of you to give you wisdom, instruction, protection. Alex was singing at one point, who on earth should we be afraid of? I mean, truly, the scriptures say, if God be for you, who can be against you? That's a thought God wants us to take to heart. So that when things do come against us, we stand up inside and say, I don't have to be afraid. He's going to tell me exactly how to handle this. I mean, come on, guys. We hear testimonies of gunmen walking into churches. And I, I heard one um, a couple of years ago. And the gunman walked right up the center aisle and pointed a gun at the pastor that was teaching the word. And he shot it. And it didn't hit him. How does a gun with bullets aimed at a pastor not strike him with a bullet? I don't know. I don't know. But I have faith in God. And I happen to believe that an angel or something took the bullet. And it didn't hit the guy. There's supernatural protection that God wants us to believe in. He wants us to trust him. Because it's God working in you. When you go to the scriptures, when you come to sow, when you go on Sundays, when you pray at home, when you meditate the word at home, what's happening inside of you when you take a thought from truth and you ponder something, you get a vision of the word of God and how your life can be with the word. It is actually God working in you. It's not just you being a studious child of God. He says, for it is God working in you to will and do of his good pleasure. And I found in a research book one time that he not only works in you, but he will work on your will in you. He will cause you to want to. So when I found that, I was like, I got another prayer to pray now. When I really don't like what God's trying to do in my life, I will say out loud to him, I really don't like that and I don't really want to do it, but I give you permission to change my mind. Why? I realize he's working. And if it's really him, he will change because he's worthy, man. And even if it's something I'm afraid of, I'll be like, you know how bad that scares me, Jesus. What's scaring you tonight? What is intimidating you tonight? What tries to pull you aside? Go there with him. Let him work in you. Okay. I think that's all I want to do from last week. Let me just go here. Thoughts, because this was a note today. Thoughts and motivations are either God working in you or darkness or remember the lower nature. We talked about the flesh, sarks, S-A-R-X, sarks. Some of the girls were joking. They love that word, sarks, our lower nature. So it's either God working in us or our lower nature that's actually been fueled by wrong thoughts or lies. And again, it's not necessarily just the devil or something, you know, like uh, some people are like freaking out, like, oh, you're saying there's demons all around me. There's demonic mindsets all around us. I mean, in the garden, he set something in motion. He set a big question mark in motion. The enemy put a question between man and God in motion. Is God really good? Does God really love me? Will he really help me? Because y'all don't know me, but I know me and he knows me. 
Do I deserve for him to help me? Question marks. Anybody ever get question marks? They fly in the atmosphere. They're flying all over the planet. There are people that you may be friends with that have question marks of, is what they're saying about God really true? Where do you think that question mark came from? They didn't think that up alone. There is a force of darkness against light. Y'all with me? So there's, there's something messing with your motivations. But you can have good in your line of sight. Your mind's eye can see good pictures. Anybody got anything that needs to be rebuilt? Pastor Barry taught one time about photography and how um, a picture is made out of pixels. Millions of pixels. Like if you really keep magnifying the picture, magnifying the picture, ultimately it's going to be dots. And so when the word comes, it adjusts the pixels in our thinking. It adjusts the dots, moves them. Sometimes it'll just be a slight movement like you get this thought of hope. You know, just like, oh, I I think it might could change. Oh, I don't know. But then when you hang out in that truth, for God is God who's working in you. You hang out in that truth and you start being persuaded. Some people get freaked out at the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful thing. I've told you, it's like GPS. I mean, what if GPS didn't say you missed the exit? I mean, we're thankful that it tells us, I missed the exit. I'm really thankful for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Kathy, you should have turned when I told you to turn. Let's just go back. We can retrieve this. See, there's nothing irretrievable. You know what proves that? Resurrection. Jesus and even people before Jesus ever came resurrected humans from the dead. So apparently, nothing's irretrievable. Come on, guys. Do you want me to go to the questions? Do you really believe and trust in the fact that nothing is impossible to God? Jesus said that, and he also said, nothing's impossible to him who believes. What are you willing to grow up in believing? I'm looking at some of this stuff. I really am. And I've told you all before, I'm looking at things in the aging process because there were things that I saw in the aging process with both my parents. My father did not even leave. I've outlived my father already by about eight years. And there's things that were planted as seeds that gave me pictures that I'm changing right now. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. I might be his offspring, but I'm more God's offspring now than Don Steele's. Because like I said, I've outlived him by eight years. Nothing against my dad, but there are things I know now that he didn't know. What do you know that your parents didn't know? What do you know that your children are going to know more about? See, I think stuff like that's so exciting. Okay, so here's a, oh, here's a revelation. Say no condemnation. We are spirit beings and therefore spiritual beings. Because of this, there is always, say no condemnation again, spirit involved in how we are living. We don't like to admit that. We like to just say, well, it's just my sarks. But there's only two kingdoms. So either my sarks is living 
in its heightened spiritual nature as a born again child of God or it's living in the lower nature that was perpetuated from the garden on. No condemnation. We're learning, right? That's, this is a school. Either light or dark. Words, or we could say seeds, come to us from both sides. I think what can be disturbing is that seeds can come from both sides, even in a church setting. Like I shared with you, and I, I don't have disdain toward the denomination I was raised in. I learned some amazing things there. But that denomination could only teach what they had been taught. And they had not been enlightened in some areas of scripture. And so I was taught things like God will punish you with sickness and disease or lack. Hold you in a certain position until you've learned your lesson. That was not God's seed. That was not scriptural. That was somebody's lower nature that was misguided. Again, even to them, I would say no condemnation. We're learning, we're growing. But that's why you don't just sit in church and take everything I'm saying. You go home and look at your Bible yourself. What is God saying to you about the truths that I'm speaking to you about? So it comes to us, seeds come to us from both sides. They paint pictures and thus reproduce after their kind. Genesis 1, 29, you'll find there the law of Genesis. It's called the law of Genesis. Spiritual laws, natural laws, they work all the time. And what was there was that the herb would yield seed after its own kind. So if we hold on to lies in our mindset, our mind's eye, those seeds won't just have one tiny thought. It'll get bigger and bigger and bigger until you have an absolute belief system based on those seeds. This is why it's very important to have a new crop. To say if it's a lie, to really address it as a lie. And when the thought comes, to take the thought captive and say, no, that's not what God has for me. And then we begin to change the pixels, the crop, with the new seed. Are you all with me? This is important because spiritual laws always work. And one of the powers is that, um, think about gravity on this planet. Gravity holds things to the ground. But somebody discovered, now they didn't invent, the guys that invented planes didn't invent the, the law of lift and thrust. But the law of lift and thrust supersedes gravity. It's a higher law. The law of sin and death is what happened because of what happened in the garden. But the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the redemptive salvation that Jesus' blood bought for us, supersedes the law of sin and death. It'll do it even in your thinking. Because you see, the seed of God, the truth of God, the words of God will resurrect your thought processes, will bring your thinking back to life, and it'll actually change you at a cellular level if you allow it. This is why, uh, what was it, maybe two months ago, we had one of our brothers here in this congregation stand in the front that he's recovered from liver cancer. You don't recover from liver cancer. And the, the surgery was, no sir, he had had some surgeries, but then no more, right Babette? We're talking about a resurrection power because of how he handled the report that was in his body. You see, your body belongs to you, not the devil. Not the lie. I know that 
I talk a lot about this in whatever topic. I love that about the word of God. You can take any topic and put it in any topic and it works. Can't you? Because it's all about life and faith, trust in God, covenant truth, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So this is spirit-filled living. Spirit-filled thinking is spirit-filled living. And we can get all excited about the movement of the Holy Spirit out here and what he's doing and how he wants to go and heal and resurrect. But it needs to happen in here first. Or all we're giving people is our doctrine. And our doctrine will not keep them when we walk away from them. But if you sow the seed that has become revelation, has become an entire garden inside of you and inside your thinking, literally when you leave them, you have left them with something so powerful. Think about the guys going to the gate beautiful. Silver and gold, we have none, but such as we have, we're going to give it to you. You see, this is what we give to ourselves and then we give it. The Bible says, freely you've received, freely give. Freely you've received the word of truth. Freely you've received new pictures. Of how life on planet earth should be. You see we cannot adopt what they're saying. That everything is depleting. And we will ultimately come to a place. Where we will not have enough water. We will not have enough this and that. Factually some of those things are happening on this planet. But it's not God's will. And if it's not God's will. He says if you will agree with me. You see where two or more are gathered. In his name. There he is in the midst. I'm going to tell you what. When you got the agreement of God with you. You got something happening. You got the agreement of God with you because you've adopted his message. I'm working on some things in me right now. I'm telling you, I don't even want to give you some of the details because it's just human feelings, human mentalities, things that yesterday I had a day. Oh my gosh. Like there's crazy flying around in the air, guys. There's stuff that will try to challenge you. And I, I, I came to this place last night. I said, oh my gosh, I'm teaching on the mind. The enemy comes to steal the word from us. So what happens? I find myself in a place of crazy. This is what I had been swimming in. I had some thoughts to take captive. I had some things that I had to say, oh no, no. You see, that's when we say, Jesus, you're my sanity. Your word is my sanity right now. So the picks become something we return to repetitively for guidance and look, look at over and over, thus modeling for us a lifestyle. Remember what I said. It can be either your lower nature and wrong seeds that have been sown in us, and we still return to those pictures. When I was younger, before I came to this church, I returned to the spiritual pictures I had been taught. I had pictures inside of how God would govern my life. It was pathetic. It was fearful. It actually caused me to walk away from church. I mean, why? I can have this in the world and then have some fun. That's what you think. Are you all with me? You can laugh. It's, this is not the no laughing zone. I mean, we should laugh at ourselves sometimes. But I thought when I was thinking about this yesterday, about how we, re, we, we return to what we're familiar with repetitively, Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he won't depart from it. Okay, parents, some of you that have adult children, don't get upset with some of what your kids are doing because you may have trained them. And they're returning to it. Okay, say no condemnation. But seriously, we need to understand that we are reproducing into the earth styles of living. The church has a lot of trouble with some styles of living. Stop judging and just influence with love. 
love is very powerful. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins, not exposes a multitude of sins. I'm going to leave that right there. But you see, we can't give it to others if we haven't taken it for ourselves. Will you allow the love of God to cover you, to protect you, to let you know that you deserve for him to come and help you with your thinking? I know I deserve him coming and helping me with my thinking. James 1.22. I thought this was interesting. I was like, Jesus, really? Because it's an annoying scripture. Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. That's annoying sometimes. I mean, it's the truth. But it's, it always seems to like point out, okay, I'm hearing a lot. Am I doing as much as I'm hearing? But I want to look at that because the Greek there, the doer is poietis, and it's a performer or a poet. Don't freak out at performer because we're going to delve into this a little more. And here is a crotus, and that's to listen. And here's the key. What gives hearing its greatest power is to lean into the depths of the meaning of something, which means to not simply hear that something is being said, but to actually take to heart and own, own it at its core influence in your life. So even like what, what we're looking at on Wednesday nights, don't just hear what's being said. How does it strike you? How does it strike your thinking? Does it agitate you? Go home and say, Jesus, why does this agitate me? Holy Spirit, why is this frustrating me? Why do I wish I wasn't hearing what I'm hearing? I mean, ask questions. It's not always bad when we feel like a little bit uncomfortable. It goes back to the question he asked me. Are you willing to accept growth? So it's to lean in. When we do this type of hearing, what we heard will begin to pour out into and through the activities of our lives. You see, this is God working in us. God changes the pictures. The pictures begin to be what we return to of, okay, how should I handle this situation? I've got this picture built inside of me of what God said to me. He built this strong place of influence. You see, you're inclinations, your intuitions that come to you by the word of God, that's far more spiritual than what some of us might think. We might think, well, I've just been groomed in truth. Yeah. (laughs) By God. Are you all with me? I mean, going to church is not just going to church to get some new information. It's seed that is supernatural. When he said, allow yourselves to be gathered together, allow yourselves to come into a situation like Wednesday nights where you're unafraid, unashamed, experiment, explore, take truths, discuss them among yourselves when you're out, out from this place, when you're with your family. There are ways that God wants to move that he's not waiting for us to just be well-behaved and do it right. He says, if you just trust me, I'm going to cover you in ways that would shock you. Because you would think that you should have earned it more further down the road. But he says, the minute you trust me, I'm right in it with you. He's always there anyways. But think about it. When you lean into him, he's like, ah, yes. Amen, Kathy. We're in agreement now. So our lower nature, I want to go back to a scripture. Um, I don't think we delved into this one. Galatians 5, verses 16 to 23. I talked about it just, I think, really quickly last week. 
But I want to, yeah, I got time to go there. I need to make time to go there, right? Are you all with me? Is everybody tired? Sometimes when the lights are dim, it's like, almost feels like, hmm, just this side of sleepy time. <laughs> Doesn't it? It's like, hmm. Your eyes can even feel a little dim, right? I mean, it's late. You guys have worked hard. Some of you got up at the crack of dawn, man. Okay, so Galatians 5. I'm in Ephesians. Stupid. Okay, let's go. Galatians 5 or 16. I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the lower nature, the flesh. Walk in the spirit. See, some of us, we try to muster up the walk in the spirit. No, man, it's just let the GPS be turned on. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and spirit against flesh. The lower nature lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the lower nature. Because you know you have both inside. Ever feel like you're being tugged in two directions? (laughs) Will anybody admit it? And you don't even really think there's a whole lot wrong with the direction you want to go. Anybody? I mean, we're not under the law. But there are times that you can feel this tug. I wonder where that's coming from. Could be condemnation, but sometimes it just feels like good advice. But you don't want it because you maybe you didn't ask for the advice. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. See, we're not under the law anyways. But when we don't, when we operate by our lower nature, there is a law that kicks in. It's not talking about like the law from Israel. It's talking about the law of sin and death. Seriously, when we let our thinking go to certain places, we feel as though we're operating under something that has no power to save us or to keep us safe. You know, when fear comes, we've taken on a lower nature. Our lower nature is kicking in. We're really not under the law of sin and death, but it sure feels like it, doesn't it? And so there are times that we will sometimes entertain the lie and let the lie manifest in our life. Say no condemnation. You see, we're, on Wednesday nights, we're looking deeply into the truth. This is not a joke. God is not playing with us. God is very serious. He's saying, I came through Jesus Christ to save you. To save you to the uttermost. To save you at times from your own self. Sometimes... Deep teaching, serious teaching is so gracious on God's part. I think if some of us were God and what happened in the garden happened, we'd have been like, well, you know what? Let's just tear up this project and start over. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are. Okay, let's look at the. The works of the lower nature. Before we go there, say no condemnation. Honestly, some of this was sown in our homes and our upbringing. 
Some of it is just flying in the air all over the planet. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry. Idolatry isn't just religious idols. It could be anything that takes our attention away from God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the truth. You see, a lie can be an idol. It's so much easier to stay where I'm at. Say no condemnation, but I'm saying to myself, Kathy, if you stay where you're at, that's idolatry. Because God is coming with truth. He's coming to paint pictures for me in my thinking of my Lord and Savior. And the high price he paid that I don't have to experience death and destruction. Idolatry, sorcery. Sorcery isn't just out there with witches imposing our will on other humans. Is witchcraft. Witchcraft is actually a work of the flesh. When we operate in the flesh and manipulate and control and all that stuff, that's when, you know, the devil steps in. He says, oh, I got somebody that will agree with me. I think people should be controlled. Sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, And murder isn't just literally physically taking a life. Assaulting a person's reputation is murder. Drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things, that's talking about habitually walking in our lower nature. Now remember, this is not legalism here. Paul is ministering as an apostolic father, as a spiritual father to the church in Galatia. He's coming to say, I want you to really understand what's going on here, guys. Your desires are overtaking your lives and they're going to produce death and destruction. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He's not saying that if you're born again and you sin, you won't go to heaven. That's not what he's saying. He's saying there is a domain. There is the kingdom, the domain of God that we have the privilege to exist in and live in. And many times when our lower nature blinds us, we don't even see kingdom. Anybody experience that? You can be in the midst of horrendous Um, sickness and disease or poverty and you cannot even see that the goodness of God is right there that the provision of God is right there if we'll lean into what he's saying to us you see the word of faith God is going after all humans he's never done anything but go after humans he's never turned his back on humanity it's very important for us to realize that and the place where if you want chapter and verse you just go back to Genesis and check out the original fall he did not walk away from Adam and turn his back He called out to him, Adam, where are you? Now, this is the omniscient God, the all-knowing God, knew exactly himself where Adam was. He wanted Adam to know spiritually where he was. So he begins to have um, conversation with him because the word of God causes change. The word of God retrieves. The GPS came to Adam in the place where he'd made the huge boo-boo. This is Adam. He's calling out to him. I want you to know God is calling out to humans. He's always called out to humans. How gracious is that? The Bible tells me that he's not willing that any perish. He's always reaching out to us, calling out to us. Even now, he's calling out to some of us tonight in our thinking, in our thought processes, our mindset, what's in our mind's eye that is not of him. No condemnation. 
Um, I think that's as far as I wanted to go with that. Now I want to go to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And like Heather's license plate, against such there is no limit. So he wants to come to the places where we've got creepy stuff going on and tell you, I have a limitless, a limitless supply for you to flow into that space. Now, sometimes retrieving situations feels like it takes a lot of time. Anybody feel that? Sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, I'm 64 years old. I was raised this way. How can I ever, how can it be retrieved? The minute we step into his truth, he walks with us and he will encourage us and he will stabilize us and he will cause us to persevere. We need to understand that it's never too late. God will walk with you. God will comfort you. But you do have to lean in. Are you all with me? I think I might have lost you. No? Make sense? The things that are part of our lower nature, our flesh, are the things we are doers of if we don't actually listen and perform. Remember I said performance? It wasn't performance like show off for God. It's that literally we act out. We're always acting out something. I mean, we're demonstrative. We are human beings and we do things every day. We exist in life. So we're always either performing our life daily according to truth or a lie. Sometimes we don't even know. We vacillate back and forth because the lie feels like the truth to us because it's, where, it's the space we've lived in. Y'all with me? This is why it's so important. Things like this, whatever is popping around in you tonight, even if it's one little thing, one little statement that popped in you, go talk to God about it. Go and delve into it. Dig in it. Take your tenacity and start digging down into stuff that is making you feel uncomfortable because that's growth. You know, they, they say sometimes with, with little kids, they'll, particularly like with young guys, they'll get growing pains. They, they grow in height so fast that their, na- their knees will ache or their joints will ache because they just shoot up three inches in six minutes. <laughs> growing pains. We have spiritual growing pains. Sometimes it's like, gosh, I, I'm so tired of having to stand in faith. I mean, I've ha- I'm literally a faith teacher and I have that thought. Like, gosh, Jesus, do I have to believe forever? Like, won't it just happen? I'm being honest with you guys. Sometimes you get tired of, like, just make it happen. Like, I want when I was little, spiritually, when I was young, and things just... (laughs) So the picture of performing is manifesting or acting out the truth. There is a poetic flow to it. You see, true life in God has a poetic flow. We call it the flow of the spirit. It's poetic. It's, it's beautiful. It's like a song. It's like a dance. Even in our crazy, when, ho- when we let Holy Spirit in and we're like, mm, and then we pull back and it's almost like this dance. He considers it like a dance and he loves to dance with us. He doesn't have any problem. You back up and he's like, mm, we're going to dance close. And then sometimes we're so slow. He says, okay, I can slow dance. It doesn't have to take 10 years, Kathy, but we're here. Are you all with me? It doesn't have to take 100 years for this. We can turn our thoughts over tonight and say, Jesus, basically, I'm not teaching doctrine here. I'm going to be born again again. 
I want to be born of your spirit tonight. I want to be enlivened once again with the joy of my salvation. With the joy of the fact that when I said, I believe in you, you stepped right into the middle of everything that I am, everything that I have, and everything that I will ever walk through my entire life. This is what you envision, Jesus. Life with me. So it's poetic and has a flow to it. It's an illustrative vision that speaks the truth in real life. Fleshed out form. You can flesh out the word of God. John 1.14, Jesus was the flesh. He was made flesh. Literally the flesh. I think the, um, the message Bible says that it walked into the neighborhood. The word walked right up in the neighborhood. An illustration. You can be a walking illustration. In a day in this nation when there's very little peace. You can be the picture of peace. Unafraid of what's coming. There's fear at every turn. It masks itself as wisdom. Timidity. Don't move too fast there. Come on guys. There's some things that there's no wisdom in it. It's fear. I mean, watch out. The commercials on TV, it's basically like a pusher on TV. Whatever you've got that you don't like in your body, there is a pill for it. I almost went somewhere. I'm not going there. There's pills for everything. Fleshed out. An example, think about this. An example of heavenly truth seen, touched, And experienced in a human life. Heavenly truth. You're the walking truth. So here's how I'm going to end tonight. Y'all with me? No condemnation, right? Nobody's sitting in condemnation? Actually, we've been trained to walk in our lower nature. But the cool thing about that is if you've been trained to walk in your lower nature, you are well trained and you can be trained to walk in your higher nature. We will... Or actually, let's say, will we give our minds to God and let Jesus be Lord of our thinking? We love to talk about lordship. Do you know what lordship means? The word for Lord is kurios in the Greek. K-U-R-I-O-S. And it means supreme in authority. Will we let Holy Spirit be the cop in our brain? Some of our thoughts he needs to arrest. Let Jesus be Lord of our thinking. Will we react or respond? This involves a step between experience and action, which is to think. So tonight, I think it's real important that we grasp that God is speaking to us, that we should have spirit-filled thinking, holy spirit-filled thinking. See, there is all of our thinking is spiritual. It's come from, from darkness or light, and there's only two kingdoms. Both are spiritual kingdoms. So it's important that we allow our thought processes, the mind's eye, our mind's eye, to have God at the center, to have thoughts that are of God. Now, what I want to encourage you guys is don't get paranoid. Don't feel disobedient. Don't leave here with any kind of condemnation on you. None. Not about anything. I don't, I I mean nothing. Because condemnation will cramp your spirit. It'll cramp functioning freely in God. And so it's important not to take condemnation, to go out of here and say, you know, Lord, I I really do. I want to walk in different thought. I know some thoughts of mine that aren't kosher, pun intended. 
They're not kosher. They're not of your kingdom. And so don't go out of here with any condemnation. Go out knowing that God is sparking things in it, in us. He's coming. And the reason that some of this truth is coming to y'all on Wednesday nights is you're not baby believers. You're mature people. You're people that have boatloads of truth in you that are intended by God for you to live in them, for you to live freely, unhindered. That's exciting to me. But, you know, sometimes it feels like a big job, doesn't it? Because there's stuff flying at us all day, every day. But God knew that. And so that's why he's filled us with his spirit. Allow your thinking, and you're not the one that'll do this. He will baptize your brain. I'm painting pictures here. He will immerse your brain in spiritual thoughts that are of him. If we let him be the GPS. (laughs) And let him convict our thinking and say, Kathy, that's really not healthy thinking for you. You know, he doesn't always come and say, you should not be thinking that. Sometimes he'll just so gently, you know, it almost feels like he comes and sits next to me and says, girl, I read your mind. Not cool. Not healthy. Not going to make you feel good. And I'm like, I know, but this is what I see. He's like, I know. You see, we have to realize that he is a good father. He's a good father. Holy Spirit is a good keeper and comforter and guide. Jesus is a wonderful Savior, always willing to save us, willing to cover us while we're being saved, while we're learning to think differently. So I encourage you, you know, don't let any of this teaching be heavy for you. Take it as, wow, the Lord is maturing me. The Lord is growing me up. And in some ways, I would say to those of you that come to Wednesday night, he's growing you up even for this household that when we go into the broader corporate setting, you've been sitting under the word, not just on Sundays. You're coming on Wednesdays, listening to different teachers. See what the Holy Spirit would teach you from nuggets that you're getting. Amen. Father, we love you. We honor you. We know that you're talking to us, Father God. By your spirit, you are coming to us quite graciously and calling us up higher, so to speak, calling us into a heightened mindset that really does have you at the core of it, at the very center, really does have your covenant truth to be preeminent thoughts in our heart and in our mind. And we know that as we change, Father, all the people that we have relationship with will have the benefit of the change that comes through us and you will minister to them as well. So we just yield our lives. I thank you that um, you're giving each man and woman the impetus for change that you want them to have. I thank you that it's not just the teaching and so, but it's what you're saying to their hearts. And so I bless that, Father God. I bless what's happening in each heart by the power of your spirit and your word to individuals. And I just thank you for the freedom that will come from that. In Jesus' name, amen.